MPI Paranormal Radio. The truth is to be found. An internet radio show dedicated to the open discussion of different paranormal topics by military paranormal investigations. Our aspiration is to research and discover the possibilities of scientific reasons to a field of study which many do not believe to be supported by facts. Military Paranormal Investigations is not affiliated to any branch of the military. We are a science-based paranormal research organization of active duty and retired military members, dependents, and or friends located out of Wichita Falls, Texas. Recorded or live, broadcasting with shoutcast on multiple websites to get the maximum reach. Now, here are your hosts, members of the MPI team. Good evening and welcome to Military Paranormal Radio. I'm Mike. And I'm Rob. And I'm Paul. And I just want to tell you, get your headphones ready and get ready for tonight's show. We've got a pretty good episode for you tonight. We're going to play you some EVPs a little later on. That's the need for the headphones. It's a little easier to hear with that. But uh, just to kind of tell you what we've got going tonight, we're going to start off with, uh, basically this is what we do at our paranormal conferences. We're going to do a Paranormal 101. And I think we're going to get started first with a little bit of terms, terminology as far as the paranormal terminology goes and that sort of stuff. Yeah, Mike, uh, I think uh, before we do that, we need to stress that we are not affiliated to any branch of the military. We're strictly military paranormal only. We were military members, uh, retired military members and dependents. So just want to stress that out there. Sounds good, Rob. I'll tell you. Also, I want to tell our listeners out there that we have uh, we have our podcast going out right now on Podbean. You can get us at you can search us under Military Paranormal Investigations or Military Paranormal. Um, you can go if you like us on Facebook. You can find a link to everything there. Um, you can also reach us at Radio Show at MilitaryParanormal.com. And don't forget about MilitaryParanormal.com itself, our main website out there. We also got our forum up going. It's not completely up. We're still making the boards together, but we got it up and going. That's really good. And, of course, always Facebook, Military Paranormal, all one word. And then we also got our Twitter account back up and running, believe it or not. I actually, I actually went on there just to see if I can remember the login because we haven't used it in, like, four years. And in those four years since we have been on there... We actually have gotten 404 followers <laughs> on that thing with no activity. So hopefully our uh, our subscribers on there is going to pick that up. Um, you can also find us on YouTube, and you can catch it on there. Right now, we don't have our video going. We're still dealing with some technical issues on that. We're going to have these podcasts also videoed for you guys, so you can actually kind of see what we look like and see what's going on. We'll maybe have some pictures for you and stuff like that. But if you'll subscribe to us there, I put a little... Um, plug in there for ourselves but if you can subscribe on there we'll be able to have our own youtube channel um right now uh you can find us on there if you search under military paranormal uh word that's our what we were under right now also i've been uploading them to apple to itunes store so you can find us on there if you search for military paranormal investigations but again you can find that also if you go and like us on our facebook page you'll be able to find all the links on there yeah definitely um one good thing about being liked on our own sites is we can get a lot more followers because I know our first radio show that we did last week, we only did for maybe about 35 minutes. So we're going to try and expand and go a little bit further than that and do maybe an hour, 
hour and 10 minutes, something like that. There you go. And, you know, we did have a couple of suggestions from some of our listeners. Uh, we're going to start trying to bring that to you. Tonight we brought the EVP so you can kind of hear some of the things we found at some of our investigations. And I think it's going to I think it's gonna turn out to be really good. I'm really excited with the results of our first radio show, and I think it's going to turn out to be real well. I totally agree. And we have Paul now. He was uh, one of our junior members. I think you started off when what? You were. I was sixteen. Sixteen. <laughs> so I was the first junior member that I remember. There was me, and I think there was one other who's no longer with us. Uh, no, I believe it was Kyle. Yeah, Kyle. Jeff's yep. son. Kyle. Jeff's son. Yeah, he's uh, actually joined the Marines and uh, did his four years, and I think he's going to be coming home now. So hopefully, we'll pick him back up. Exactly, it'd be nice to get him back in the fold too with MPI. You know, Paul's never really been a junior member though. He's always been like six twelve. So. Exactly. <laughs> We're going to start tonight's show off just to kind of give you an overview of what we're doing. We're going to give you um, a little bit of common terms with the paranormal, um, the types of hauntings that are out there, uh, just to let you know how they're kind of broken out into what classifications and that sort of thing. And we're also going to do the EVPs. We, like you were talking about earlier, we actually have a couple of uh, examples that we've captured. And then the lady that actually everyone uses their, her EVP classification, uh, Sarah Estep, we have two from her website that uh, we're going to play for you, so you can see the difference between a Class A and a Class B, I believe, is the ones that we found for her. Well, I'm really excited, Rob. I'll tell you, last week I, uh, I um, we really enjoyed the show. Uh, you know, we've been trying to do this for such a long time, and, and I think that uh, we just need to get started and, and get our listeners some information out there. Exactly. So, with that, like you were saying, let's let's do some of the paranormal one on ones. I I think uh, we need to do the terms like we talked about first. Uh, this way, w whenever you're listening to us, if we say something, then you know there's a lot of different meanings out there. These are some of the way you know this is kind of the the general industry standard, if you will. But this is maybe some of the definitions on what how they're described, so you guys can kind of understand what we go by. Yeah, we're not going to hit all the terms that are out there on different paranormal websites. We're only going to do a couple of them. That way we can hit a, just a few common ones that just about everyone uses. Uh, anomaly, a regular, unusual event that does not follow a standard rule of law, uh, and it cannot be explained by current accepted scientific theories. Basically, the unusual, the paranormal. Mm -hmm. I, uh, if we ever say anomaly, I mean, I think everybody kind of knows what that means, but that means that we've had something unusual that's something, something that occurred. happened out there that we can't explain. It's an anomaly. Uh, another good one is apparition. You apparition. know all about that one, don't you? Oh Mike? yeah, I, uh, I and I, I want to tell that story, and we're gonna, and I think whenever we can get Jeff to finally uh, get rid of the giggles and come on here with yeah, us, definitely. I think uh, we'll tell that story because <laughs> Jeff and I actually got to witness a very rare occasion of a full body apparition. But that's basically. Um, and the energy materializes, and it's a physical body, even though there's nothing there. So, it, you know, it's actually, you see a ghost in full form. Exactly, it's to where you can actually see through the figure as well. <coughs> we have an, an artifact. Uh, I, we use artifact quite a bit because if we have something that's connected to it, it's basically a term used to describe the slight noises or residual images produced by the internal mechanisms of equipment, which could be misinterpreted as paranormal sounds or images. So 
you have equipment out there when you're dealing with the paranormal investigations and everything. So you're going to have those sounds, and a lot of times people think that it's actually something paranormal when it's actually something mechanical. So it's right. called an artifact with that one. Let's see where we're at on our list here. Uh, automatic writing. Um, basically, it's information from disembodied spirits. Um, and basically, a message that comes across right. through it, an individual. It, it's used, they say, through mediums. Uh, granted, we don't have mediums in ours because we try and go completely scientific. Yes, people believe there are mediums out there, and they use their own gifts, if you would, to talk back and forth with the dead but we don't have that we can't prove there's any scientific proof behind that so we try and stay away from that not saying that we don't believe in any of that but Correct. there's just whenever we do our things we'll talk about a little bit of the control and that sort of thing um to where we we can't control the environment with a psychic or a medium or some of those sorts of Correct. things we, we can't we can't use that uh, case study, that's basically the in-depth investigation of an individual subject. So when we talk about we had a case study, it's basically the investigation itself. Right. Uh, and then within that case study, we're going to have contact sessions. Uh, it's periods of time which paranormal investigators attempt to establish communication with this, an entity. Some people call it EVP sessions, like we do. If you hear us and we're going through talking about our different types of investigation, we're talking about an EVP session, it's a contact session. There you go. Control. This is one of our big things, and I talked about it in our first show. Um, one of the ways we, we kind of run our investigations like a military operation, but with that, so we can establish the control of the environment with where we're working. Uh, we may have people set up to make sure there's no factors that are, you know, people walking by, noises that go, um, that go around the investigation area. So that way, if something comes up on our EVP session, we can say, there was a bird flying by that screeched mm -hmm. outside a window at the time that that happened. So control is basically a way to ensure that the experiment is conducted in a standard fashion so that the results will be uh, not any influenced by any uh, any factors that are not paranormal. Right, because you got to have that control group out there, which is the, another term that's out there. Now, we don't use control group out there. We use... Um, each one that we go out, we have different teams. We have an Alpha team, a Bravo team, and a Charlie team normally. And that's our control group. It's a group of outside subjects whose performance or abilities are compared with uh, experimental subjects. So we'll have a control group go out there and try and recreate that. If someone claims they have paranormal activity, we'll try and go and recreate that for them. So um, it's completely controlled. And then we get into uh, demons. Um, I think everybody kind of knows what a demon uh, goes into, and the we don't typically deal with anything to do with demons or uh, malevolent spirits or any of that sort of stuff. Right. Uh, if we if we do an investigation and we feel that some of that things may be present, then we're going to refer that to someone that's an expert in that field. Exactly, and the one thing that I I like to not actually harp on, but there's a lot of people out there that's claiming to be demonologists. Right? Yeah, you know terms and you've studied demonology, but a true demonology uh, in my own is going to be someone that actually has been trained in that, uh, such as the Catholic Church. Correct. The ones that can do exorcisms and stuff like that, they've been ordained to do that. A demonologist, they've just studied up on it and everything. So 
if if you're dealing with something that's a demon, I would recommend getting with a true demonologist, someone with the Catholic Church. Um, we have a collective apparition, which is where more than one person may see the the same apparition. And, and again, we'll have this maybe in a yeah. future future investigation. <laughs> yeah, that that would be the one with you and Jeff. With right? me and Jeff, that's exactly. Um, a crisis apparition. That's also um, that's when. Someone sees an entity when they're so, when they're seriously ill, seriously injured, or at the point of death. A lot of times that would be a link to a guardian angel. People, you know, they've right. been in a bad car crash or something like that, and they will um, they may see their guardian angel. They may see a loved one, um, you know, that mm-hmm. may have already passed or something like that. Dematerialization. You should know about that one again. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Materialization and dematerialization. Uh, basically, materialization is when the entity forms. In front of you, it uses the energy around and is able to uh, to materialize. And then dematerialize, dematerialization is when it is going to go away. Uh, in the case of Jeff and I, it kind of dematerialized into a big mist, which we also call it on other media, uh, our cameras and that sort of stuff. Yeah. Now, we have uh, what's called the EVP. We already talked about EVP uh, out there where everyone knows it's an electromagnetic voice phenomenon. Well, you have direct VBP, which is an audible uh, voice that is spoken directly to someone to where you can hear it without having any type of digital audio. You, you hear it with your ears. Like you're sitting on the couch all by yourself alone, and you hear your name called, but you know there's no one else there but you. <laughs> What's really good about that is when you catch it on the EVP and people have heard it exactly at, during their investigations. Um Dowsing rods, we don't um, we don't typically use dowsing rods. Although I do think that there's probably something to do with dowsing rods. Again, it's one of those scientific factors that we can't control or can't. I can't. We don't have any scientific data to prove that that's actually what's going on. But right. basically, um, metal uh, rods or or wooden rods to locate water, lost objects. Now I know a lot of old timers they will swear that they can locate a well. Oh yeah. But you know with dowsing rods, and I've seen people that's done that, and it's true. So there's obviously something behind it. But again, we don't have any scientific evidence that we can try to. And I know in some of the history around Berkman that I know they were actually using dowsing rods to find some of the oil out here. And guess what? They, they found, found it. it. <laughs> there you go. Um, Earthbound, we have uh, basically a ghost or a spirit that was unable to cross over and is now uh, stuck on the earthbound on the earth's earth side of right, of stuck things. in limbo, if you would. There That's you go. What most people know about the um, electromagnetic field uh, and electromagnetic field detector. They kind of go hand in hand. Uh, basically, energy fields surround everything. Uh, the Earth's gravity mm-hmm. and the Earth's magnetic field can all affect what you what you have on an investigation, uh, but Everything's going to have some sort of elect- electromagnetic magnetic field, um, and then we have um, electromagnetic. Have both natural and uh, man-made. It, like correct. You, were talking about. you can get a lot, and in um, this subject for a future show, but you can power connections inside a house. Mm-hmm. You know, refrigerators, appliances that run fluorescent lights are a thing that puts out oh, huge God, amounts of EMF. Yes. Most things nowadays, the newer stuff is is shielded but some of the older stuff can really influence an investigation and will give you false readings on your electromagnetic field detector yes it will basically is a device that picks up um the electromagnetic fields in an area which everybody's seen the ghost shows and you have a k2 and that's that's basically a simple form of a of an electromagnetic field detector exactly k2 meter yeah then you're going to have elementals. Uh, it's a term commonly referred to natural spirits, kind of like we were talking about the earthbound spirits, the ones that are in limbo. So it's the same thing up there. Just like an entity <coughs> we were talking about 
an entity earlier to where it's anything that has a separate or distinct existence, but uh, not necessarily material in nature, kind of like you were talking about, where you could see it, but it was seen through, kind of like a misty figure, if you would. ESP, extrasensory perception. Um, again, that's kind of another area that we don't really dwell into a whole lot, but basically uh, communication or perception of means by other than physical senses. You know. And, you know, some of, the, some of it might be a gut feeling or some of those sorts of things. And sometimes we do use a little of that. We can say, you know, sometimes we're on investigation. We're like, you know, feel like something really weird is going on here. But then we try to break it out into our scientific methods. Exactly. To what's going on. Exactly. And uh, exorcism. We were talking about exorcisms earlier when we were talking about demons. And uh, having the Catholic Church do this. It's the banishment of an entity or entities, spirits, ghosts, or demons, that are thought to possess or haunt a location or even a human being, and it can even haunt an animal as well, I've been told. The thing I want to caution our listeners on is this isn't something that you want to attempt yourself or anything. If you feel like you have something going on that requires exorcism or something like that, you need to contact professionals. You can contact us. We can actually try to point you in the right direction. But there are professionals out there that can that can assist you in that area. Yeah. Uh, another one... Uh False awakenings is another term. You know a lot more about that one. The um, Basically, it is also referred to as sleep paralysis. Um, basically, you believe you're awake, but you're actually dreaming. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, you are you wake up and you, you, you can't move. Right. You know, so you feel like you are... Uh, being held down. You're being so. held down. So that's, a, that's actually a common thing that you get sometimes in paranormal uh, investigation requests mm -hmm. as I've had this sort of thing happening. And there may be a paranormal thing to that. A lot of times it's usually some sort of, um, you know, medical issue or some sort of physiological effect right. that's, a, that's causing that. Frank's box. Now, that that's a little device that we actually witnessed firsthand in our first paranormal conference here in Wichita Falls. We actually had someone come in and work with the Frank's box. And it's, it's, it's interesting because it's so controversial. You really don't know if it's actually working or not. I, I've seen it to where it does work and where it doesn't and basically it's just some believe that it allows real-time communication with entities it, it works by continuously scanning am and fm radio frequencies from which broadcast syllables or words are used an entity to speak ata like the ghost box uh the ovulus works the same way i'm, I'm pretty sure but it's it's a pretty interesting tool um we've used an ovulus uh recently on one of the investigations we also used a you know, we use an AM radio like a, a Frank's box. Exactly. Um, we, we've got it from, what, Radio Shack Up, I believe, and we took out the scanner to where it just continually scans. And it, it, we have some interesting results with that one. I'm not really, I, I guess you could say I'm kind of like on the fence on that one. There you go. The same thing with the Ovulus. You know, it uses, it's kind of the same way, but it uses uh, an input of the electromagnetic fields to, to uh, generate a word based off of that power level that right. comes into it and I, I, I I'm still on the line I'm with you I just I don't know where it really stands yet I'm kind of on the fence with that too mm -hmm. we have a ghost I think everybody knows what a, a ghost, ghost is, is. <laughs> um, the uh, and the thing that I tell people I, I like to tell people is we're not ghost hunters no not at all I, I when people say oh you're like the ghost hunters ghostbusters like no we're paranormal investigators we investigate the paranormal we don't actually go out there and hunt, hunt for ghosts that we're not the ones that go jumping across uh, fences and trying to find stuff. We're, we're actually trying to 
debunk the claims of paranormal activity if anyone claims they haven't. And, uh, that's why I wouldn't say, oh, you're going ghost hunting. No, uh, we're, we're not going ghost hunting. Sorry, MPI does not ghost hunt. Sorry about that one. Hallucinations. Um, the thing that I want to, and I like to stress to people, is you know, everybody commonly associates hallucinations with drugs and that sort of thing. Right. But a lot of people don't realize that there are a lot of factors that can cause hallucinations, which sometimes can be why people have reported paranormal activity to us. High EMF readings. Yes. Um, you know, you have a, a standard of exposure to electromagnetic frequency, and whenever that gets too high, it can cause interference with your own electromagnetic frequencies in your brain, mm -hmm. and then that can cause hallucinations. There's also things such as mold. There can be chemicals and things in a house that can, or a structure, or anywhere else for that matter, that can cause hallucinations. Right. One of our earlier cases when we first started MPI was dealing with someone that they thought had a demonic case, but in reality it turned out that the room itself had two air conditioner units on the outside of it, and the air conditioner units were running, dripping off the water underneath the house, underneath this bedroom. And when we went underneath the house and looked, there was nothing but surface mold all under this house, right under there. So it was going up in this kid's room, and we went in there and told them how to get rid of the surface mold and stuff and talked to them about six months after that cleaning up the house and they said the kid didn't have any more hallucinations anymore he was doing really well uh, so yeah they also had uh, you know they had the two air conditioner units and they had the uh, the power supply to the house come in on a, on a third wall right of his bedroom so basically the kid lived in a fear cage um, which that's another term that's basically you have all these Factors mm -hmm. that are outside the control group that are causing physiological effects. Exactly. And I, I would like to talk about the physiological effects, but not in this show, but in a future show. I'm there you looking go. forward to being able to do more about them. So uh, we'll talk more about those later on. And then we're going to have, uh, like uh, Mike was talking about, uh, EMF gauze meters. Uh, the instrument uh, for measuring the magnitude and direction of a magnet field typical <laughs> used by paranormal research. Sorry if I'm laughing too much, but there's this big fly in here that is just keep buzzing us. There's like three of them, and they're <laughs> the size of nickels. They're unbelievably large. But yeah, um, a magnetometer, an EMF, a Gauss, a EMF detector, a Gauss meter, they're all the same thing, and they register uh, electromagnetic fields. The... Um, Materialization that you were talking about. There you go. Materialization is basically the same thing where energy is materialized into a, um, you know, from something, basically from thin air into something. Um, a medium, we have, a, we talked about that earlier, medium, um, the clairvoyant. There's a lot of different terminology for it, but again, we, we don't typically use that in anything that we do. Not saying we haven't worked with them or we don't believe in some of that, we just don't use it for our control factors. Um, a mist. Uh, we talk about mist, and yeah, everyone should know what a mist is. It's basically just a mist forming out of white thin air. You know, it's just uh, kind of like fog. It looks like fog or dry ice is basically what a mist would look like. If we click on the explicit button for our uploads into iTunes and YouTube, uh, we might be able to play some of the audio from Jeff and I's experience <laughs> <laughs> that we had. Um, a near-death experience, basically an experience reported by people who. Uh, clinically die or come close to actual death and are revived. You hear a lot about that. There's actually some shows on TV that talk about that. Um, they include counters with spirit guides uh, or the, you know, their guardian angel. Um, and they basically get to a point where they can come back and 
they, they can decide whether or not they're going to come back or not. Um, it also has a lot to do with out-of-body experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, orbs. Uh, this is a touchy <laughs> subject with us. We yeah. uh, we actually have, if you look on our YouTube page, we have one, and I relabeled it the other day. Is yeah, I noticed that it, it's a, a question mark with real orb. I wanted to put a little disclaimer out there. We we don't know what it is, but Not at all. it doesn't fit the data. You know, the data for a typical orb. Typical orbs uh, we can debunk ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the time is dust, pollen, a bug, something like that. Now, this particular video that we have on our YouTube site. This went on for about 15 minutes, and it seemed to be the same thing. We had investigators go in. They're trying to find the bug. They're trying to find what's going on. Right. But it seems to be interacting with our investigators when we were in there. But typically, we don't do with we don't we don't do orbs. No. I mean, it's just the simple point of the matter. And in the video, it may look like he's interacting, but uh, remember, we have a controlled group. All our paranormal investigators on an investigation are have a radio. Uh, earpiece so we can talk back and forth have complete communication so we're actually telling him what to do like putting his hand you'll see him put his hand up and everything we're actually we can see it on the monitors but we're telling him what to do in real time a Ouija board um, this is my one piece of advice to people is basically stay away from them definitely um, you know there's a lot of things a lot of people don't believe in this or don't believe in that I, I fully believe that uh, in my personal opinion that Ouija boards are bad news um, I think everybody knows what a Ouija board is, um, but we, we kind of will talk about it in a minute. But um, a lot of people believe that it can be used to open a portal. Yes, uh, it can be used to open a passageway, basically, uh, to allow evil spirits or, or entities to come right. in. demons. Uh, poltergeist. We're going to talk a little bit more about that later on in different types of hauntings. But we have paranormal. Everyone knows what paranormal is. It's something that's not normal. Parapsychology, uh, the study of evidence of para, of phenomena that are inexplainable. Uh, by, sci- by, by scientific methods. We're definitely one that is looking for that. But like I said, uh, poltergeist we're going to talk about here in a little bit when we talk about our, our different types of hauntings. Uh, we have the radio voice phenomena, receiving the voices of a deceased human during a regular radio. So if you're just listening to your radio show and all of a sudden it's not scanning or anything like the Frank Box would do, you would actually hear this voice come over and you're like, what the? okay. Um, reciprocal apparition, basically you have, you know, you witness an apparition in front of you, maybe that materialized in front of you, but then it actually interacts with you and you're able to communicate with it. We have a... When we talked about Ouija boards and we talk about um, you know, demons and things like that, we're kind of getting into the supernatural, which is uh, related to the existence outside of the natural world. As opposed to paranormal, uh, the term supernatural uh, often kind of, um, talks about the defined or demonic intervention. Right. right. Now, I know we were going to talk about with the Ouija board and opening the portals and everything, but you, um, we also have what's uh, something called a vortex. Now, within the portals, some people say they see a vortex in there, and it's an anomaly that appears as a funnel or a rope-like image in photographs. A lot of people say those are bugs, but it's kind of hard to see a bug. You see it once, and then you see it again, but you only see a certain section of that flight path. So, is it... I'm kind of on the fence on this one as well. You know, a lot of that has to do with, you know, the electronic processors of cameras and things like that but again it's one of those things that certain instances 
may or may not be able to be explained by that. Exactly. And then, of course, you have your white noise. Uh, the white noise is just an acoustic or electrical noise. So say you want to try and have an EVP session or a contact session, if they would. You're going to turn on a little bit of uh, white noise, and it's nothing more than static. That's all it is. And you want to have it to where if you do capture an EVP, you can better drown out the white noise. That way you'll have a true EVP. But I, I don't think we've ever used the white noise um, I know I have it when I did an EVP session. No, I, I find it hard to control the environment on the, um, the audio recorders. You know, there we have programs out there that can take out those frequencies, that can do those sorts of things, but it makes it real hard to control the environment um, when you're using that sort of stuff. Right. Um, so that's basically it for the common paranormal terms out There's there. There's many, many, many other terms, but that's just some of the more common things that we kind of utilize in our, you know, in our... Uh, in our investigations. Right. Hauntings out there, uh, there's, for me, there's different types of hauntings that uh, investigators will deal with. Uh, most people that deal in this type of paranormal activity uh, or investigate paranormal activity, they all agree on three basic ones. You have intelligent, uh, residual, and demonic. But there, there is another one out there, um, uh, but it's the poltergeist one. Right. Is that a true haunting? I, I I really can't say, but everyone will agree on the intelligent, the residual, and the demonic. Now, with intelligent, basically, it's also known as a conscious haunting. Um, it's probably the most accepted type of haunting, mm -hmm. uh, but it's not as common as one might think. Uh, this is where basically you're able, you know, the the that the entity is consciously aware of your presence and you're aware of his presence and there can be some interaction there. exactly and that's where like things like the k2 and that sort of comes in when you're asking questions and you're you're interacting with it that's more along the lines of the intelligent haunt right uh, the the entity that they'll try to communicate with you and they are aware of the people around you uh, they'll even look at someone and call them or acknowledge their presence so it'll look at you and kind of like give you a little head nod if it would or just, I, I don't know, like your entity, I, I, I don't know what it did there because I wasn't in there, but like I said, another another time for that one, but um, I know during that investigation, we did have some intelligent haunts within that one. It, it's one of the hot spots here in Burke Burnett that we like going to. <laughs> right, that's our fail safe whenever we need a weekend to get us over the blues. Exactly. Um, we have a residual haunt. Mm -hmm. uh, basically a residual haunt. I I kind of feel like this might be more prevalent than an intelligent haunt because there's been a lots of times when we go on investigations when we'll hear hammers or we mm -hmm. hear bells or we yeah. hear music or something like that. But basically, it's if you could imagine everything that's had energy at some point in time, that energy is stored either with an object or right. in that place in time. And you may actually hear that, you know, say it was a workshop, you may actually hear people working in there. Uh, Th that sort of stuff. It's the same kind of noise over and over again, kind of kind of like watching a movie loop, just go over and over again. It's like you were saying, it's energy that is imprinted on an object or a place, and depending on what happened, how much energy is stored there will depend on how long it'll be left there and just continuously going in a, a constant loop. There was another location here in town, and again, this is probably another show, but we we actually heard that it used to be a blacksmith shop, and you could actually, we caught on our audio yes. recorders.
the sounds of someone hammering metal mm -hmm. uh, over and over again for like an hour long, you know, on that audio. Now I know there's a lot of a lot of residual haunts that people talk about is uh, especially around Civil War sites, mm -hmm. uh, to where they actually see apparitions of the Civil War soldiers walking through or marching or doing something like that. Um, so that's nothing more than a residual haunt because of all the negative activity that happened there, all the death and stuff. So it's it's an imprint there, just like we had the one here, uh, Peace River. Right. Uh, that was that was a good investigation. We found some stuff. We had some interaction with stuff, but uh, it was nothing more than residual. Uh, it was nothing intelligent. And then lastly, we have our demonic, um, also known as an inhuman uh, type of haunting. And um, not very common. Um, you know, there's only been one time, I think, during our years of doing this when I felt like we may have been crossing into that area. Yeah. And we referred that over to some experts. Mm -hmm. But... Basically, it's um, it, demonic, um, evil, an evil entity, or you know, some sort of evil energy that's coming through, some sort of malevolent force that's uh, that's taking over a person or mm -hmm. a location or an object. You know, a real common example of a demonic haunting is the Annabelle doll. Yes, the Warren's Annabelle doll. Uh, that's real common. You, you guys can do a search if you're not familiar with that much with paranormal. You can do a search. There's this doll still sits in a museum nowadays, and it's kept locked up because of everything that's happened. There's actually a movie made about it and some other stuff. Um, Wasn't that the Conjuring or <laughs> the Conjuring? Mm -hmm. um, so there's a lot of stuff with that. Again, demonic stuff. If you feel like you have a demonic haunting, there's a lot of things. Um, a lot of times, if you have, you know, we've been on an investigation before, and it's one of my favorite ones where uh, Rob. We we actually caught on camera his his headset and his glasses being knocked off his face. He got scratches in that one, and he got pushed on some stairs. Now that is not demonic. No. That's more of a. Um, it didn't like me. It, it didn't like him. Um, it, but that would be an intelligent haunt. Um, I, that would not be demonic. But if you feel like you have demonic a demonic haunting again, that you're going to need some experts or something to come in and take care of that. You can contact us, send us an email or something, and we'll see what we can't do to refer you to the correct people to uh, get you some help there. Right. Now, those are the three common types that, like I said, everyone can agree on. Now, they're, thanks to Hollywood, you have the poltergeist. All right. Now, in Hollywood, the word poltergeist is a household name. All right. But what it actually is is coming from the German word meaning noisy ghost. So... A poltergeist is centered around a person, usually called an agent. We talked about agent earlier uh, with our terms. Uh, normally what I've seen this being around is adolescent females, around the um, teenage years. And it's normally, they're the ones that are actually manifesting this, and they don't even know they're doing that. Uh, so it, it can happen several times a day. Uh, the person doesn't know that they're actually manifesting the activity like I was talking about. Um, and... The thing about this one is it can't be removed. Uh, my suggestion would be go to a psychic, not a psychic, but a psychologist, and uh, try and talk through the problems. Find out exactly what's going on. You can only wait it out. You, you really can't get rid of this. Um, uh, I, I think the last one is probably uh, the most controversial one out there, and that's the portal the, haunting. The yeah. portal. And, and again, that goes with the Ouija board and that sort of stuff. Um, you know, it's a um, it's the most controversial type. It activity may actually exists is mostly theory and conjecture. Some people say that um, 
they may have started gathering evidence, but I haven't seen anything personally that has led me to believe that the portals actually really do exist. Although, you know, I mean, there's, I've read stories and I've read, um, you know, I've read some research on some things where maybe it's, maybe it's questionable, questionable. And a matter of fact, and, uh, without going into too much detail, one of the, uh, the one case that I was mentioning earlier, um, could have possibly had a backstory that may have led to that. But again, we referred that and I'm not sure really at the outcome of that, but, um, that's the one in Denver, right? Yes. Okay. And um, some people say it could be, you know, other visitors from another dimension, maybe aliens, maybe. Um, yeah, again, you're starting to get way out there on that. So exactly. Uh, we don't really get into that a whole lot. But um, but that's the first part of the show and everything. Um, I think now it's probably time for a little break. There you go. Don't forget your headphones when you get back. The more exciting parts coming up. We're going to talk about the EVPs and give you some examples of those. Are you experiencing or seeing things you cannot explain? If you need help or are looking for answers for something that appears to be paranormal, contact Military Paranormal Investigations, MPI, at contact.us at militaryparanormal.com. Because MPI is a nonprofit organization, they offer all research and investigations free of charge. MPI will do any type of research or investigation dealing in the paranormal realm. MPI will travel anywhere in Texas, Oklahoma, New Mexico, Arkansas, Louisiana, and to any military installation in the United States if they are able to. Their military obligations and duty to their country come first, of course. Confidentiality is MPI's number one priority with a client. They will not publish any information about a case or client without proper consent. There are no experts in this field, only knowledgeable individuals with experience dealing in the different realms of the paranormal. MPI personnel use their individual experiences and training in the different career fields and apply that knowledge towards the MPI research and or investigative techniques. MPI has been investigating since 2008 to help explain possible reasons of any claimed paranormal activity. Being military trained, all of the members of MTI handled the research and investigations with a strong sense of understanding for being professionals. In addition to the MPI undertaking, they will not offer any service or services that deal with ghost busting. This includes cleansings and or exorcisms. Because this field of study is mostly unknown, if any such research project were to arise, military paranormal investigations promise to do their best to find a reputable professional that can help you. Once again, you can contact Military Paranormal Investigations at contact.us at militaryparanormal.com. You can also reach them on their forum at militaryparanormal.com backslash forum. The truth is to be found. Back to the Military Paranormal Investigations Radio Show. I'm Rob once again. I'm Mike. And I'm Paul. <laughs> One that really hasn't been saying anything out there. No, not at all. 
right. Uh, in the first part of the half of the show, if, you, if you're just now joining us, uh, we talked about some uh, common paranormal terms out there and then uh, a little bit of uh, different types of hauntings that we have, like the intelligent haunt, uh, residual, demonic, and then, like we are talking the two, the controversial ones, the one that's famous for Hollywood, Poltergeist, of course, and then the portal ones. Um, this second, this part of the half of the show, uh, we're going to talk about EVPs, electro voice phenomenons, uh, sounds that are le- found on electrical recordings. That's right. You know, basically the uh, the theory behind it basically is is that the entity that's trying to make contact with you can manipulate the electromagnetic frequency, the, fre- the electromagnetic field, and be able to manipulate audio data or audio rec- um, medium. So that and voice can be left imprinted on, on that. Um, you know, back back in the day, they started out on cassette tapes and and things like that. Uh, now everybody's kind of gone to the digital recorders and that sort of stuff. Um, but basically, it's um, spirit voices that have been unintentionally recorded while you're while you're just not having normal everyday deals. Now we use it investigation. We can actually try to. We have an EDP session, which we talked about in our in our terms, but. Uh, we sit down and we try to make communication with the um, with the spirits and and uh, the energy that's there, and try to uh, figure out why they're there or what their you know what their reason for being there is. Um, now, a lot of times people don't realize this, but EVP, like we said, stands for electrical voice phenomena, and we use a digital uh, people call them digital voice recorders, but if you say DVR, you also talk about a digital video recorder. So what we call them is digital audio recorders, DARS. And uh, most people don't know that everyone pretty much uses the same classification. And that was created by Sarah Estep, uh, early 1980s. She's since passed on to the other side. And now everyone is using her classifications. You have the different classifications like Class A, Class B, Class C, and Class D. Class A, it's a clear and distinct voice or sound that is usually accepted or and undisputed because it uh, must be understood by anyone with normal hearing. Uh, you don't need to be told or prompted what is said or heard, and it can be used without the use of uh, headphones and understood over a speaker by most people. We have a couple of, I think, two, two Class A's that we classify as Class A's. Now, the one thing that I want to tell that I like to tell uh, our clients whenever we're doing an investigation um, there, there's a thing and it was one of the terms and I was kind of waiting to this point to bring it up but there's a term called periodola and it's, um, a lot of the skeptics actually really break it into the audio periodola which is basically the power of suggestion um, you might see it as another term is apophenia which is where it's called matrixing where you may see I, I'll break it back into you may see an image uh, you know how you, when people take on the internet they've got all these they're photos like hundreds of photos in one photo when it makes a face in the middle uh well the human eye has a tendency to try to make recognizable shapes out of that same thing with with listening whenever you're whenever you're listening to um to certain things the power of suggestion is a big deal a lot of skeptics really do that so what we do is we actually play each of our investigators will listen to it they'll write down what they have we have our control group that's set down uh they listen to this we pass it along to a another party that's listening to it with what uh, we get their opinion, and basically we compile all that evidence. And that's how we break ours out into whether it's a Class A or Class B uh, based off of what it says. So if everybody hears the same thing, listening through their regular computer, 
then we classify that as a Class A. Now, I think Rob's got those queued up for you here. Uh, we're going to play you a uh, – which one do you got first there, Rob? I believe uh, Jeff's, Jeff's famous one that he loves so much. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not going to say where this one was, but basically um, he's over in a corner. Mm-hmm. He's uh, This objects that he was around was basically um, out in the middle of nowhere. Exactly. So um, Now, you'll hear something afterwards, and we did enhance this at the end. So you'll hear the EVP probably very faint. Now, this is where you'll probably need your headphones. I'll try and get it as loud as I can without altering it. But you'll hear the first part of it, and then the other parts... It's where we enhanced it, so you can try and hear it a little better. And we're just doing that for you guys. If you were listening at home on your audio recorder, um, we hear this fine. But by the time we get it to you guys through the recordings and everything, that's why we've enhanced it for you. Why is this empty over here? Are you over here for a reason? you want to go back and hear it again before we tell you what what we all came to the conclusion of um here i can i can you play it again i can cue it right up to where it was should be right about here so basically jeff's in this and he's asking why these uh particular objects are by themselves so he says is there any any reason why you're over here right and then the file says no 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 reason at all the the Um, all part is kind of no no reason at all kind of like that it's drawn out so play it one more time real quick that blurb you don't have to do the enhanced you over here for a reason so that's one of our favorite ones um that we also have at this same location, the answer doesn't really coincide. Well, I'm not going to say that yet. Go ahead, Rob. <laughs> Go ahead and play. Did you have any family? Play that one more time, and then I'll, I'll tell them what we got out of that. Have any family? Now, everybody agreed that the what we heard was mm-hmm. coyotes. coyotes. But if you listen to the audio file, and you really have to listen to it in the background, in the background, out in the, now we're outside, in the background, out in the distance, is a pack of coyotes running through the fields. Coyotes. And right as he says coyotes, you can hear the yip, yip, yip. Coyotes. Coyotes. So anyway, those what we considered Class A when we heard them. We knew exactly what it was, and just for the control factor, when we played this back to some of our investigators, we didn't do the, are you over here for a reason? We only played the voice, right? and then they came to that conclusion, and that's how we tied it into a Class A, an intelligent haunt as well. It was responding to what Jeff had actually asked the question to. Exactly. Now, Class B, basically, a voice or sound is distinct, fairly loud, but the class of the voice is more common and can be heard by most people after being told what to listen for. Um, after you've been told what it is, again, you might get into some skeptics might tear this up a little bit, but 
it's really easy for you to actually hear what's being said. But you could you could tell that there was something there before. And a really experienced people will be able to pick it up right off the bat. Um, yeah, you got to have the. I don't say train, but the person that is actually doing a lot of the listening, you've been doing it for a while. Like we've been doing this for, like I said, since two thousand and eight. So. We've been actually listening to a lot of audio recordings through our investigations. We're, we're picking up on the key syllables, I guess you would, the, the different noise when you don't hear anything at all. Right, so. and by doing that, we're able to tell if it's one of our investigators and that sort of stuff, too. So it's just the training that we've gone through. We're going to play, you th play this one for you. Now, this Class B one, I will tell you, um, we got this example because we wanted to tie it in. This was uh, by Sarah Estep, and it said A- A-T-R-A-N-S-C dot org is where we found it at, but you'll be able to, uh, you'll be able to hear it here. Now, I think everybody can tell that there's somebody singing. Exactly. It sounds like somebody's singing, and you really can't tell what it is. So we'll play it again for you. Like he was saying, the class B, it, it's you have to be told what to listen for. So, on her website, it's listed as "I found you there." So, listen again. See, now that I gave the the told the you cube. what it is, you can pick it out easily. All right, another one that we picked up from um, our own class. Well, no, I guess the other class B would be the other one from Sarah as well, right? Let me just go ahead and play for you. I don't see you anymore. Nope, that one was the class A. That was the class A. I don't see you anymore. Now this one was, uh, if you haven't picked it out there yet, again, um, it's pretty easy for us to hear it from the direct recording, but it's a, uh, I was seeing the war, and this was taken, I think, from a battleground or... Mm -hmm. Something along those lines. I was seeing the war. Yeah, I was seeing the war. I was seeing the war. Or I can see the war. Right. But like I said, they claim that as a class A, but because we had to tell you what it is, I, I, I would lean that more towards a class B. Now, a class C uh, one uh, is a faint or whisper-like voice or sound that can be barely heard and is sometimes indecisible or unintelligible. Uh, it's not paranormal. It may have paranormal characteristics such as mechanical sounds that we talked about earlier. Uh, most investigators would apply this objectivity and disregard it like we would. We always say, when in doubt, throw it out. So a lot of Class Cs we would throw out. So here's one uh, from one of our investigators. These can usually only be heard with headphones and with enhancement as well. Exactly. So uh, we'll play the clip. Uh, you might not be able to understand it, but at the end of the clip we've also enhanced it. Okay, why is it not playing now? <laughs> oh, I know why. Hold on. Let's go. Tactical devil piece. Bear with us. What's that one called again? Look at this. I had everything all set up except this one. For some reason, this one's not playing now. The um. With the, there we, we go. go. Maybe you have things that are unsettled. 
with the third enhancement. Exactly. But we heard a whisper when we were listening to it with the audio. Here, I'll let you hear, listen to that whisper again. That's without the enhancement. That was slowed down a little with enhancement. And that's you can you right. can really hear it there, but. Again, we can't. I can't. It only we'd only be guessing at this point if we tried to see. What. I mean, I I know the investigator Misty. She was asking um, if they had any unsettled things, and she believed what it said was, "I'm dead." So, take a listen again. It, it, it was slowed down for you. Uh, like we said, it's a faint or whisper-like, so we really can't classify that as anything. We don't know. Um, so. This is more often what we, you know, a lot of times you watch these TV shows and you see they're running through <laughs> seven or eight EVPs, and they're, but typically when they show it to you, they tell you what it is. You can pick up on it, and it's, um, but this is more likely what we're, what we're, what we get. Uh, we'll hear, you can tell it might be a woman or you can tell it might be a man. You can hear that they're saying syllables, but you can't make anything out. Exactly. It's, it's the, like you were saying, you, you would need headphones to hear that one completely. Now, the last classification, Class D, which, I mean, I, I personally don't believe it's really going to be a classification, but it's where you play the file in reverse. Uh, if you remember back in the, uh, the big, um, the 70s with all the big rock bands and everything that the people that were getting the satanic messages by playing the album in reverse that's basically what uh, the class d is it's not really a classification um we really don't feel it's there again you're probably getting more into the periodola uh arena where you're making the power of suggestion you're believing what you wanted to hear what you want to hear right um I think that's pretty much it of the EVP sessions. I mean, if you have any EVPs out there that you think you may have, you can send them to us and we'll run it through our filters. Uh, I don't know if you have the type of equipment that you normally have, but we use Sony SoundForge. Uh, I know a lot of people use Odyssey, but Mike can attest to that one. It, it, it's a good free one if you're just starting out. But if you need to get the different type of filters that are out there, I would highly recommend a good software, um, professional software, such right. as Sony SoundForge. The, um, I really enjoy listening to EVPs. It's our most fun part. It's the most boring part for us because we're listening to, you know, when we get through with an investigation, uh, if we've had, say we have six uh, DARS, which are our audio recorders set up, uh, and they played for six hours, that's 36 of hours of audio that we have to go through. Um, so it takes a long time to listen through this stuff. Um, yeah, yeah, the other long time would be watching the video as well. Watching the video. <laughs> watching all the orbs come across the screen all the time. All the hours of just sitting in the living room watching videos. And oh, he finally speaks towards the end of the show. I know, yeah, I know. I, I thought he'd fall asleep over there. Y'all covered everything. Y'all didn't miss a single word. Well, normally after our show, we're, we're trying to have two different corners, uh, Network Society. Uh, last week we talked about AirPast and doing them. Now, one that we actually um, are a part of is the Paranormal Society. It's an online directory 
Paranormal Societies. It's the most comprehensive directory of paranormal societies from across the United States. As a matter of fact, all 50 states are currently covered by the 3,639 groups that are on this list. So if you claim that you have any type of paranormal activity or you need help or something like that, go to this website. It's uh, www.paranormalsocieties.com backslash haunting dash assistance dot cfm uh, you can put a request in there and basically what he does his name is bill i follow him on Twitter as well uh, but basically what he'll do is he will take your request and send it out to the different groups around what's close to you and try and get you a paranormal investigator out there uh, he's really helpful. Uh, we've actually had two cases recommended from him before. So I would highly recommend if you do have any type of paranormal activity and we're not available, contact Paranormal Societies. They will definitely be able to put, point you in the right corner. That's right, Rob. You can also find them on Twitter at Paranormal List. That's right. Uh, now, another good thing that we like doing is uh, Tech Corner. That's one <laughs> of my favorite ones because I, I, I just love the tech uh, Working where I work, <laughs> I, I get all good. Yeah, I get all the good, good, good toys out there. So uh, we, the the piece of equipment I want to talk about is the digital audio recorder uh, because basically we were talking about the EVPs. We use uh, certain digital audio recorders uh, used to capture EVPs, sounds, footsteps, things moving, stuff like that. The kind that we like to use is the Olympus ones, the, the WS series, is to be more precise. Now those those DARS actually have you can you get done with your investigation you can we can plug them up into everybody's laptops and we can download the files on an instant. The sound quality is really good. They have stereo mics. Mm -hmm. um, we use that in our softwares. A lot of times we play somewhere we can actually uh, when we're covering a room we can actually tell what side of the room it came from based off of the stereo channel that it's coming through. Um, Another kind of good digital audio recorder is Sony. Sony has superior sound quality. I love the sound quality on it, which is why we use Sony SoundForge. But the only downside that I found to the Sony one is you have to have a USB cable to And the up. software downloaded to be able to exactly. upload the files. So, so it, it's, it's a, really good, uh, a really good audio recorder. For us, sometimes it's just inconvenient because we like to, uh, again, we talked about 36 hours of audio. We like to be able to blast those audio files out to our, to our investigators when they leave. Right. To be able to start going ahead and listening to some of that audio. Now, hopefully later on our, our listeners will have questions. If you, if you need to contact us with a question or anything, you can uh, email us at contact.us at militaryparanormals.com or radio show at militaryparanormal.com. That's correct. You know, you guys, if you have any questions, um, especially, say, in the tech area or something like that, I know that's the most common question that we... You know, Rob just finally caught a fly. <laughs> it's hilarious. They've been bothering us the whole show. The, um, but if you have a piece of equipment, that's the most common question that we get is, you know, what should I buy first? What should I buy this? And this, uh, I'll go ahead and answer this question. To me personally, the best thing you can do is get an audio, a good quality audio recorder. Um, you know, there's been many times I go on vacation or something, I'm going to go visit a location. I take that audio recorder with me and I'm able to, you know, do things on my own when I when I go out. Um, it's the most common thing that you're going to use as an audio recorder. That that would be where I where I would start. But if you guys have any questions, you have uh, need any advice or anything, just make sure you give us a call and uh, send us an email. 
Uh, hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, any of those locations, and we will make sure we try to get you answered uh, as soon as possible in the, in the first show we can. Yeah, definitely. And speaking of show, our next show, I think we're going to have a, a briefly talk about some of the investigations that we went through. Can I talk about our favorite ones, uh, what we liked about it, maybe what we didn't like about it, that sort of stuff, uh, just to kind of little entertainment purposes for you guys? Exactly, yeah. I think that we're, we're going in the right direction. We are actually managed to stay pretty close to our time, you know, and uh, that's our cue. So it's been great. I enjoyed it. Rob, have a great night.